Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm so happy that you've downloaded our podcast to listen to our weekly podcast that we try to release each uh, Saturday uh, morning, depending on our time schedule and our, on our regular work schedule. If you would, hit that like button and make sure to follow us so that you get alerts each time that we do release our weekly podcast. That way you will not miss any of them. Also, please, if you enjoy the podcast, a regular listener, please tell others about us and pass the word on for us. Uh, share us and like us on Facebook. There you can find us uh, on our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and take you to a link uh, straight to our Facebook page. We also can be found on LinkedIn and MeWe. We're just kind of starting that up. And so we have a few followers there as well. On our webpage there, if you're interested about future podcasts that are coming up, uh, you can go to the podcast index page. And there you can see uh, future podcasts that are coming up on questions that have been submitted by listeners just like you. And also there you can find that answers and questions that we've already done. Uh, maybe you have a, the same question. And then we have a podcast index page there with the number. And then you can go and find that number in your podcasting app and just listen to that question and answer. And so uh, we have uh, recently done a podcast on a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, very political, and we try not to steer away from those things. And uh, we're trying to stick to what God's Word says, and we certainly hope uh, that you will continue uh, to ask questions. We have a lot of positive feedback from listeners around the world, especially uh, in third world countries. We'll get emails saying thank you, and they appreciate it. They just kind of stumbled on us. We wish we could uh, afford to advertise the podcast, and we know how to do that. It's just a matter of resources. And if you would like uh, to help us, uh, please do so. You can do that through our webpage as well. We have a PayPal account at biblicalquestion.com, all one word. And for those who are going to ask, it is not tax deductible. Most of us don't have enough to write off anyway anymore. And so nobody here uh, makes a salary where no wages being made, everything that we get in, uh, we deeply appreciate. Uh, it just costs us money each week to, to put this out uh, with the fees from SoundCloud and the web page and different things. And so while the costs may not be extraordinary high, they still are there. And we do have uh, one really good supporter and two or three others who help when they can. Please know that people in third world countries really cannot afford to financially support us, but we get emails that they're praying that we'll continue to keep going, and we have a growing audience each week. It's just amazing how God has blessed this uh, podcast. We are so honored to be able to do it, and if you would like to, to help, uh, please, first of all, pray for us, and uh, financially, uh, it would be great if you would be willing to help. Today we're going to talk about giving endless help. Giving endless help would be the title of our podcast. And if you can, uh, if you're new, I would encourage you to please uh, get a Bible and follow along. If you do not have a Bible, you can find one free generally on the internet. On our webpage there, if you click on the, the home page and you click on the daily Bible verse that is there, it'll take you to a webpage where you can... Uh, Follow along or read the Bible for free. In fact, I think uh, they even have a free audio uh, that you can just listen to. And so 
Anything you can do to get the Word of God into your heart and mind, I, I'm all for it. They have different versions there and quite a few different languages from around the world if that would help you. Uh, they do not support us. Probably don't even know who we are. Um, and we don't support them financially either. We're just thankful that that resource is there. And we're, we pray that it will always be there. I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 11. And so if you do have a Bible, please uh, open it and follow along. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25, says, At the time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and revealed them to your infants. Yes, Father, for this way was pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. This is probably one of my most favorite sayings that Jesus says. Verse 28, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Again, if you want to mark your Bible to follow along, uh, mark it to John chapter 4, John chapter 4, and, and we're going to be in Matthew here for a few minutes, so if you want to hold there, that'd be fine. How many times in your life have you have you helped someone? Most of us would say, well, I've helped a, a lot, you know. Uh, I think parents are always seem to be on this endless journey of, of sending help uh, to their children and grandchildren, uh, just giving that help uh, without even a second thought. Uh, parents uh, help well and I'm sure at one time or another uh, we've all helped a brother or sister or maybe a co-worker or somebody at church or something and I would hope as Christians uh, we would give out a helping hand to anyone who truly needed help and I'm not saying a handout but somebody who really needs help uh, and it may not always be with with uh, money it might be something that you just Go and visit uh, and, and help encourage somebody. I mean, there's many ways of being helping uh, people and being kind to people. That somewhere along the way, again, I know I've had people take advantage of me and they'll take advantage of you. That's just the world that we live in, sadly. And, and it makes it harder sometimes, I think, when we know we've been taken advantage of to, to maybe want to help somebody again. But... And so we struggle occasionally to do that. But we need to get over that. And they took advantage of Jesus, so they'll definitely take advantage of us as well. And so as you ponder on helping people uh, who are truly in need, uh, hopefully with prayer, uh, you're asking God, to, how should I help this person? Uh, what is the true need here? And, and, and pray that His uh, Spirit would guide you to where uh, you come to the right decision. I mean, ask yourself the question, uh, and ask this question too of the person: Have you already been praying about this? You know, it always gets me. Uh, they say, "Oh no, your prayers are more powerful than mine. I just want you to pray." Well, I, I don't mind praying for you, and I'll be happy to pray with you and for you. But you also you need to be praying. I mean, seriously, 
uh, if you don't think it's serious enough for you to be in prayer over, it, it makes me wonder what's really going on. I will still honor the request, uh, but seriously, you need to be praying for yourself as well or whatever situation it is that you're asking for help with. God will always help us. Uh, it may not be what we exactly think we need or want, but he's always going to help us. And we need also helping others. We need to also forgive others. And forgiveness is not always easy for us. It does not come naturally, I don't think. But we need to also know that Jesus has forgiven us so many times. Uh, and we need to come to those terms and understanding that sometimes we need to help people and forget by forgiving them. We should always have and, and want the same heart as Christ did. Not to say that Christ never felt saddened about the way people uh, treated him or uh, others that he would send, uh, prophets and whatnot. So against this background, uh, this, I guess you might call it an indictment, we, we see one lasting, touching portrait of Jesus. As Jesus condemns hypocrites in his day and life, uh, Jesus his heart is really broken for, for them. I mean, and the crowds uh, who would scream for his death, it's an anguish to me. That, and it's probably the saddest words that Jesus would cry out. And that's going to be found in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Uh, this obviously is at the end of Jesus' ministry, or coming close to the end. And he's his, had nothing but one battle after another. And most of these we would call today a political battle. Uh, the power over who has control of the people, who's right and who's wrong, how things should be done, how things should not be done. And Jesus has tried so hard to, to show them through the scriptures who he is, how they should be le uh, leading their lives, how they should be leading the people. And here it is. This is a lament of Jesus. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophet and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. And this is a really strong disappointment in words here. I mean, as you read this, that Jesus is speaking, he's clearly very saddened by the history of, uh, the people of Jerusalem. Plus, uh, using this wording, how often I. It tells us, at least it does me, that first of all, he is God. And God has always wanted to protect them from all harm. H however, at Jerusalem, the Israel people, they just wouldn't allow it. They would kill everyone that God would send them. I mean, every prophet that came by, they they slaughtered at one point or another or they the, some prophets ran for their life for a long time they simply just did not want to hear the truth they did not want to hear the rebuke over their sin and they did not want to repent when the prophets would call them out on it I and mean, that's not much different today when, when you have a true a good godly man who's trying to preach uh, the gospel and it goes against the political winds of the day and people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that they are sinners. And, and being a missionary in, in, in the East for a while, uh, 
that is a big difference in the church in the West versus the, the East. The East people, they want to hear about sin. They want to know what it is. They don't want to be walking in that. And they, they want almost to be called sinners. They really do. But the church, in, especially in America, they do not want to hear that they are sinners. They do not want to hear they have to repent. Uh, they believe they are just living just fine. And that's probably some of the big differences between the church uh, in the U.S. And, and the Philippines and things that I've been in. And so all we know is in the days of Christ, they wanted to kill him. I mean, they're plotting to kill him and remove their problem from their world as they would see it. And we better be careful in our world because to think we're better than Jesus, uh, we're in trouble. They, the world does not want to hear what God's chosen people have to say. Their actions, again, speak louder than their words. As much as the Jewish leaders would act righteous, uh, they would say they were righteous, clearly Jesus could always see right through their evil hearts and their desires. And we need to be careful, too. I mean, we're, we're not going to fool God. And, and honestly, we might be able to fool people some of the time, and we might be able to fool a few people all the time, but at the end of the day, uh, your, the fruit on your tree would be exposed. And in spite of their history of killing the prophets, Jesus keeps reaching out to them in love, and he wants to protect them, he wants to lead them. And I don't know how many of you have grown up around uh, chickens, and never seen a hen protect her chicks. It, it's pretty impressive to see the lengths that she will go over uh, to protect her young ones. I mean, she'd even give her life to keep the young ones alive. And so, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to see how uh, she does that. You know, I, I saw that a little bit when I was a kid out of my uh, uncle's farm. Uh, he'd go out each morning and try to get uh, some eggs out of, out of the hen out there out of the nest and out of the chicken house so he always tried to convince me how to sneak up behind the hen and while she was sitting on her nest and tell me how to stick my hand up under her and pull out the egg and they, he warned me it'll be really really slow and easy so you know he kind of made me a sucker I guess for that moment uh, made me look foolish or whatever I started trying to do that of course she saw me you know and uh, things went downhill really fast after that. So, and she was very protective of that egg. She was not going to get that egg up. As I tried her on her way, you know, she even followed me out of the barn. And of course, he was kind of laughing. He thought it was kind of funny. But at the end, they they apologized and they were just having a good time. They said, but they really only wanted eggs to eat after breakfast and the only way to get the egg was to get the hen out of the hen house but that being aside uh, God intended his love his grace for Israel continuously he wanted to give that but they were just simply stubborn they refused to respond uh, to God the prophets and obviously they refused uh, to honor and respond correctly to the Messiah who's standing in front of them and so we need we we can't uh, think that we're any better than those folks were back then 
Matthew 21, verse 43 says, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing fruit of it. You see, they refused his help. Uh, along, they refused to accept Jesus as the Son of God. They refused and accepted him as deity. And that's a problem in our world today. There's people who claim to be Christian uh, do not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. And they, that can be further from the truth. Jesus is God in the flesh. Matthew 23, verse 38 says, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. This is the end result. that Jesus is talking to the Jewish leader, the leadership, excuse me, and they have refused to believe. I mean, he's given them signs. He, he's told them. All the evidence is there that he is the Messiah, and all they want to do is remove him and kill him from the political scene that they have created. And so, by their refusal, Jesus says, your house will be left to you desolate. Uh, Jesus is referring uh, here, I think, to more than one thing, but first of all, to the city itself. I mean, Jerusalem later, as history would uh, have it, would be destroyed in 70 A.D., we can read many times in the Old Testament how the enemies conquered the nation of Israel because they failed to follow God, know his commandments, and obey those commandments. We can even see it in the news today that really there's just no peace in Israel. I don't believe there ever will be peace there until they acknowledge who Jesus truly is. Uh, more importantly, I don't, I don't think there'll ever be a temple there. There could be, but uh, that's a whole other subject. But all of the people of the world need to know who Jesus is. They need uh, to to accept who He is and submit to who He is. You know, their temple would be destroyed. You know, in the days of Jeremiah, they really truly believed that God would never allow the temple to be destroyed because that was God's holy city. And that was kind of an excuse or underlying excuse for how they could live and worship and do whatever they wanted. And God says, okay, fine. The temple is destroyed in the days of Jeremiah. Everything, all the furnishings are removed. Uh, the walls are torn down. And as a Jew, if the temple is there, no longer there, they have no sacrificial system. It's almost like God saying, I'm not listening to you anymore. You can't worship me. You can't do your offerings for your sin sacrifices. Uh, and there, obviously there's other offerings that were done at the temple. But as a Jew, it'd be kind of like God just, I'm not listening. I'm not paying any attention to you. And today... We, we need to understand, too, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're no longer required to go to a temple in Jerusalem to worship. But sadly for Jewish people, they, they fail to recognize this fact. Jesus would even tell a Samaritan woman that there's a day coming that you will no longer have to go to the temple and to worship. I mean, that's in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, I'll read it real quick. Uh, verses 20 through 26. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you the people say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you, 
shall you worship the Father. You worship which you do not know. We worship which we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When that one comes, he will declare to us all things. And notice this, verse 26. And when the, the teachings of today, there's a lot of people say that Jesus never declared himself as the Messiah. Well, here we go. Verse 26. I who speak to you am he. Now, she just said the Messiah is coming. Here, Jesus, I'm standing here, right here in front of you. I am the Messiah. So this idea that Jesus never declared himself as the Messiah is false teaching. You know, I've often wondered uh, when Jesus told the Jewish leaders that their house was one of desolate, uh, when he tells people there's a day coming that they will not have to worship at Jerusalem at a temple, they knew that Jesus had, had won the hearts over many of the people in Israel. He had countless people following him every day. Uh, he made people feel good. They, they liked his preaching, his teaching. It made sense to them. And, and how angry the religious leaders became. I mean, some of them had some kind of an idea of what the Messiah would bring. And that was not in line with scripture. They thought they were going to be the superpower of the day, the economic power of the day. They're going to throw Rome on their ear and they were going to control and power the earth. And that really was not the role of the Messiah. For them, again, I think they had a fear of losing control over a nation. They had set up this power system, this control system, and they, they were afraid to lose it. And we have that going on in, in congregations around uh, the world where certain leadership may want that ultimate utter control and power, they set themselves up as uh, the leader when Christ is supposed to be the head of the church. So they interpret the scriptures for the people. Uh, we have that going on in our world today. There's uh, some groups that tell you you cannot understand the Bible, that only they can read it and interpret it for you, and that's sad. Uh, you can read the Bible, and you can learn to interpret it for yourself. They even set up stores that would be, you know, where they could sell uh, the animals that could be sacrificed at the altar. And of course theirs was always the pure choice, though the, the right to animal, uh, the one that you brought, or they could always find something wrong with it. They take it on trade and, and kind of like a used car salesman. I mean, they always found something wrong with it uh, to convince you uh, that you needed to trade it in. And it was a way of making uh, money. And so uh, the odds are, uh, from what I've read in some of the, the history, the odds are you just bought somebody else's sheep that was uh, traded in a couple hours before. Back to Matthew chapter 23, verse 29 again. Jesus can see things have not changed in, in Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus knows that the Jewish leadership is never going to acknowledge him as the Christ, as the Messiah. Matthew 23, verse 39 says, uh, For I say to you, from now on, you shall not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name 
of the Lord. With these words, Christ's is meaning is, is in a spiritual nature. The time is really running out for the Jewish people, the Israel, to repent. And those things from here on are going to be start moving at a much faster pace. They will only be a matter of time before Jesus is arrested, uh, put on trial, and before he is flogged and, and beaten and, and crucified and dies. Because Jesus is seen again in Jerusalem, uh, and that's left a small opening of hope uh, for those people to, to change their ways. But for those who acknowledge him as God's son, there will be a chance of seeing him forever and eternity. These three verses here, Matthew 23, verse uh, 37 through 39, are they're paramount in importance in understanding Jesus' teaching. These were the last words that Jesus would really officially address to the entire nation of Israel. Jesus' patience was at an end. You know, we have this idea that God is this indulging grandfather and he just puts up with everything forever. And that's simply not true. I mean, you can read instead of the Old Testament, uh, people weren't over and over again. Uh, Babylon's coming unless you repent and they don't repent and Babylon takes them and takes them whole captive. And that happens several times in the Old Testament. God does run out of patience. I hope and pray that he never runs out of patience with, with me, especially. And so, again, these are the last words that Jesus uh, would publicly state and address to the nation of Israel, and that he would not be, uh, though some of those people simply just would not be gathered into his kingdom. Jesus has answered every objection, uh, every attempt to attack his authority, Yet the leaders, the, the religious leaders, refused to be convinced. Uh, there was nothing left to do but to formally withdraw his offer of the kingdom. And that's really what he's done. And I know that's not really always taught in Christian circles. But Jesus did proclaim to Israel that he was the Messiah, and that without him there is no hope. And without him you're going to be deserted and left alone because you have rejected him as the Messiah. Worthy of taking notice here, and we're going to wrap this up. The whole day's proceedings took place in the temple. Again, right in front of the Jewish leaders. And these are, again, the very people who have claimed to have the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the scriptures, and Jesus has, sadly, he's made it very clear to the Sanhedrin that they really did not know, and they were blinded by their own personal zeal for power and control over God's people, not their people, God's people. And what, does that mean today that we need not to submit to the authority of the church leaders? No, we, we need to listen to them, but the church leaders need to be submitting to God and his word and leading the people correctly uh, down the right path, uh, how to worship, pray, uh, discipleship. You know, we, we talk a lot today in the church about, you know, let's get them baptized, let's get them wet, let's do whatever. And then we just kind of leave people alone. We don't teach them how to be disciples. We don't teach them how to, to go out and, and reproduce ourselves as Christians. We are supposed to do that. And so... 
we need to, to, to learn that, I think, a little bit better. And that's part of giving help to people around us. Giving that endless help to others is giving them the Word of God. Showing them the Scriptures and helping them along the path. Again, I thank you for listening. I certainly hope that uh, you'll give more thought about how you help people. And not just financially, of course. Uh, a lot of people do need financial help. But helping them through prayer. Helping uh, teaching the gospel. Helping them uh, maybe set up a chain reference in their Bible or something. And so that they can have some basic Bible studies with friends and family. And if you cannot explain why uh, you are a Christian, or uh, how, uh, for lack of a better word, you were converted, and why you chose the lifestyle that you are in, I would certainly hope that you would sit down and help yourself by starting praying and studying the Word and, and making sure that you understand why you're a Christian and that you're following everything that you're supposed to do. This is not a child's game. It is a grown-up's game. It is very real, and it takes uh, somebody with the desire and that desire has to come from the Word of God and you have to want to read that uh, sin will keep you away from the Word but the Word of God will keep you away from sin again I want to thank you for listening make sure you check out our Facebook page you can find the link to that Facebook page at uh, our biblicalquestion.com our web page and there there's several LinkedIn there's several other social media accounts that you can click on it should take you straight to our uh, social media accounts please follow us there as well hit that like button on your favorite podcasting app and follow us so that you get the weekly alert uh, tell your friends and family about us and know that the church that you are being persecuted uh, we pray for you we pray for all of our listeners uh, continuously daily as we really need to be more in depth in prayer and that is our way of trying to help back uh, to Pray. Prayer is very powerful, and we'll need to do a podcast on prayer again here soon. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory. Mm-hmm.